You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. This is the first live physical uh, message that I've given in, in quite a long time. And it is a, it's always a, an honor and a privilege, but it is nice to see people live as opposed to the other live one was doing the, uh, the, the Zoom communion where you just got uh, pictures, uh, 2D pictures. So actually to see people uh, is great. So we're on the, the third week of the series Psalm 23. And it's been uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but also uh, by Colin reading uh, Dallas Willard's uh, book called Life Without Lack, which I'd highly recommend. And the, the first part of Psalm 23 is, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Present tense, right here and right now. He is my shepherd. He is mine. Talk about, uh, I've often said, uh, uh, a tombstone, uh, would, I would like to have his on my tombstone. I'd like that to be my epitaph. and I'd like to be... Uh, my testimony was that I was his. Dallas Willard says in his book, the Lord is my shepherd is a sentiment carved on tombstones more often than a reality in our lives. That's actually quite profound. If you uh, go to any cemetery, especially if it, is a, uh, it just seems to be a reality because the, the Protestant community are much more into the, the word as in quoting scripture, the Lord is my shepherd is very commonly at the bottom of uh, a, a lot of headstones in our wee country. Um, but wouldn't it be good if our uh, testimony was the, the Lord is my shepherd, and so on our tombstone it was a testament to a life lived as opposed to an aspiration of what's going to happen when we, when we get to heaven. Um, the Psalm 23 is a progressive layering of reality and truth. Uh, so the opening verse, he is my shepherd, he is mine. If we don't have that and we don't have that established, nothing that follows in the psalm will actually uh, work the way it should. The creaky floorboards. Um, uh, so the second week, Colin uh, talked about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or I shall not be in lack. And he, Colin shared, it is possible to feeling lack and want whilst not perceiving God's provision nor fully acknowledging the benefit of it. So there's a personal unmet expectation that often robs us of the joy of God's provision. And part of the reason for that is the shepherd thinks much differently to us. Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. To be able to think differently, you and I have to die to our self-interest. John 12, 24, 25. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, but the man who hates his life for my sake will keep it for eternal life. 
So I'm not a particular gardener. I am a maintenance gardener. I'm not a Colin, right? But there's one, there's one thing, one little plant that I really love, and that's the poppy. It's, it's true. And I, I call in with, uh, uh, for the, the worship collective practice on Wednesday. In the middle of Aaron's Drive, there's just a tiny little poppy, just nothing around it. It's just, it's about tiny, tiny little poppy, flowered. And, I, and I, he came to the door and said, that's why I love those plants. Because they just emerge somewhere and just go, yo. So it's the only thing I try to grow. Uh, and um, today, our, our first poppy head came out. But those poppy heads from that one seed produced hundreds and hundreds of seeds. My problem is I can't actually get them to grow very often for the number that I actually produce at the end of the year. I find it very difficult. But for that seed to produce all those other poppy heads full of seeds, it actually has to die. And we're talking about death to self as opposed to death of self. We don't want to be self-condemnatory and uh, have, want to have nothing to do with ourselves and hate ourselves and things like that. But we don't want our soul to dominate. We want that soul dominance to die in order that we might have life. And that's what the Lord is calling us to. Uh, we die in a healthy way so that we can produce life. So I'm sure like all of us, uh, we have experienced a lot of lessons in lockdown, which can be all kinds of things from just lifestyle stuff, to mental stuff, to spiritual stuff, to relational stuff, to emotional stuff. Uh, and I, I'm no exception. And one of the first things that I learned in lockdown was the concept of now. I sort of hadn't quite fully embraced it. I got a new revelation of now from Second uh, Corinthians 6 to now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of our salvation. Regardless of the situation, regardless of circumstance, we must live in the now. We must be present in the moment. And what I discovered was, uh, I would say I had a, an active life, but not particularly busy life. I wasn't on, as some people are, are on this hamster wheel, and they're just running as fast as they can. And they realize, I can't get off this because if I get off this, I'm going to hurt myself. And they're just, they're just stuck on it. Now, I would always tend to say I'm, I, I'm not busy. I'm active because I, I don't want to associate with that sort of running as fast as I, I can. But I realized that often when I'm in a situation, I'm kind of thinking about the next thing. Now, obviously, if everything's removed, that there are no next things because you're in lockdown, that, that tends to make that more obvious that I, I was actually thinking in those terms. So one of the first things that I experienced in lockdown was the need to be present and how that actually applies to the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want now. Regardless of the circumstance, however difficult it is, however wonderful it is, but now, not uh, when we get to heaven, not forevermore, but forevermore starts somewhere down the timeline as opposed to it's now and also forevermore. So it's a, a, a continuum. What God offers us is now. And I've also had a shift uh, from the fundamental importance of truth and its absolute expression in Scripture to a deeper revelation. It's like a hunger, uh, a thirst, a, a, a passion that we must seek it and call others to an attainable 
experiential reality of truth, not just, uh, and I've, I've talked and preached about the gnosko uh, yada, knowing, really intimately knowing the truth that will set us free, but actually getting our heads around, this is a reality now. We can attain it now. We can embrace it now. And the Holy Spirit and Dallas Willard's writings have uh, been a catalyst in, in embracing that. See, what I've, I've also uh, got an insight into is truth can kind of be distanced or diluted. Um, it can be something abstract, or it can be like a belief system, something uh, other, but not actually now. And if you want uh, proof of that, uh, we've probably all got the t-shirt. You know, you say somebody says something true to you 100% or absolutely, uh, or, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and when we say that, what we're actually kind of doing is we're affirming the truth, but we're actually at the same time creating a little distance from the reality. And that's why uh, if you have worn that t-shirt or, or somebody said the truth, go oh, absolutely 100%, and it's not real in your life, it's because you have that distance. Truth is somewhere out there, but it's not actually applied now, in real time, right now. So what I'm after, what my new passion experience, uh, uh, expansion and depth in the journey of being a destination disciple is that we are being called to the destination, Jesus Christ, now. Not, uh, it is a, a work in process, but it's a now journey so that we might experience and attain the reality of the relationship, my shepherd, mine. So we got to set our course on embracing his invitation to life in all its fullness, finding its reality, laying hold of it, not just for ourself, because it's not about us, because we're denying ourselves. It's about him. It's about our relationship with him. It's about his plans through us that he might play us long and he might play us loud. So today's message title is Available Now, and really attainable. Available now and really attainable. So each verse of Psalm 23 is interconnected and, and built on the previous verse. And let me read Psalm 23 to you now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house forever. Now, it's not forever. 
as in, yeah, we'll dwell in this house forever. Somewhere down the line, we get to dwell in this house forever. It starts now. The reality is now, present tense, and forevermore. Let's get a, a, a vision for that. Let's get after that. So as we assess and evaluate how really is, we find ourselves receiving a greater revelation about him from his spirit, right? So we, 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 we start to get challenged on, on who we think God is, how we relate to God, and we start to uh, review that. And the results are we reevaluate, we recalibrate, we re-envision, and that process transforms and renews our thinking. Listen to that process articulated in the collated translations of Romans 12, verse 2. But let God remold your minds from within. Do not conform to the pattern of this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Instead, be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Fix your attention on God and continuously be transformed, reformed, and progressively changed by the Holy Spirit in the way you think, by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes as you mature spiritually. You'll be changed from the inside out. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. This will empower you to be able to test and approve. So by testing, you may discern, determine and prove for yourselves from your own experience what God's will is, His good, pleasing, acceptable, and perfect will, meeting all His demands and His plan and purpose for you. God brings the best out of you, develops and moves you towards the goal of true, well-formed maturity as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. It's a journey. It's a process, a now reality that grows and matures as we are reformed and renewed. So today's text is verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Or in the Passion Translation, it says, He offers a resting place for me in His luxurious love. He tracks, His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. What picture do those words paint for you? The verbs, he makes me, he leads me, are not in the context of control, of being forced, but in the context of the place of provision. In other translations, he makes is, he lets me or he causes me. So there's no manipulation. There is a voluntary submission to my shepherd, mine. Can you look at it from the sheep's perspective? Dallas Woodard says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. 
What kind of sheep lies down in a green pasture? A sheep that has eaten its fill. If a sheep is in a green pasture and she's not full, she'll be eating, not lying down. He leads me beside the still waters. A sheep that is being led beside still water is a sheep that is not thirsty. So what is available in this verse? Provision. Rest. Safety. Peace. Satisfaction. It's lush and it's burdened. The, the imagery had a much greater impact on the dry and arid Middle East. I mean, uh, we're in, we're in the middle of our summer, and look how, you know, we're not called the Emerald Isle for nothing. Like, look out the window. Look at how green things are. Some uh, people that come from very dry places, so Dennis comes from Phoenix, Arizona. The temperature in Phoenix, Arizona is roughly in the low 40s at the moment, right? Because it's a desert. But what really, I mean, that's, I've been in temperatures of that in India before, which is overwhelming. But what is really, I find, mind-blowing is, the temperature doesn't drop very much. So at night, it's, it's like 39 degrees. <laughs> Can you get your head around that? So when they come over, uh, we've had people from Phoenix going, clouds, because they don't see clouds very often. And, and the green, especially spring green, actually quite almost traumatizes them. They're, they're just assailed with their senses. It's just so... So to us, you know, green pastures, like we've got green all around us, but try and get a, a, a vision for how significant that is, the place of satisfaction in a desert. We can find satisfaction. We can find peace. We can find safety. We can find provision. That's what's available. Is it attainable? Well, if it's available... It has to be attainable because if it's not attainable when it's available, let's, let's all pack up and go home because, I mean, he cannot deny himself. What he says is true. Therefore, what is true can become a reality. Now, here's the kicker, right? If we struggle with the now availability, or the real attainability of the verse, then we are exposing deficiencies or inconsistencies or disconnects that probably involve our prior history, uh, uh, issues with our spirit, issues with our soul, issues with the enemy uh, uh, having inroads into our lives. And if we're really going to be destination disciples, if we're really going to go on this journey, if we're really going to embrace the reality of this, then we have to look at this and ask ourselves, what is that? What's going on? We let conviction come, not condemnation. Conviction come to get after greater wholeness. And as we do that, His grace will meet us as we go. His grace is always, always always sufficient. And He always, always, always is after our best. So when we're finding things difficult, 
or when uh, we're being challenged in a, in a message or uh, uh, when we're reading the, the Word and, and, and he's, we're being convicted of something, we want to lay hold of that. We want to embrace that because it's on to something more. It's on to a renewal. It's on to a reformation. It's on to a changing of our mindset so that we can become more like Him. So, if that is the case, if we're experiencing any disconnects, any uh, inconsistencies, any deficiencies in how we see that verse, we have to back up because the verses are all interconnected. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. If we can't say that, if we can't fully embrace that, if that isn't a reality, then it starts to corrupt every other verse. If we're going, yeah, I know it says that I shall not lack or I shall not be in want. That's not my experience. If that is your experience and your reality, you've got to back up to go, well, if the Lord is my shepherd, then it must be that I shall not want. So if I am feeling or experiencing that I shall not want, that, I, that I'm wanting and I'm needing, then there's some disconnect. There's something not quite right. Remembering that his perspective is different to ours. And although we might be feeling that we're in, uh, we're in want, that there is actually a promise and a reality that we can live with him being our shepherd, him being mine that allows us to live without being in lack, to live in green pastures, satisfied, to live beside still waters where we're at peace and at safety. So we might need to ask ourselves, assess and evaluate how real he is to us. What's going on? Is he really my shepherd? Ask the Spirit. Ask the Spirit now. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and you will get an answer. You will get revelation. And remember, uh, in the context of knocking, that it's a one-to-one -one relationship with the, the, the Spirit, the Father, Son, the Spirit. But it's also we're corporately in a community of faith, knock on Colin's door, or in the next 10 days, knock on my door, and let's uh, get to the bottom of this and find a way so that we can reevaluate and we can reassess and we can recalibrate and we can re-envision and make the application. Matthew 7, 24 says, if you hear my words and put them into practice, then you'll be like the wise man that builds his house upon the rock, and when the storm comes, it will not fall. We've got to apply the truth so it becomes real. Then he really is my shepherd. He really is mine. He really is the one that allows me to have no lack. Are we trusting him? Can we get the soul out of the way? Can we get ourselves out of the way and simply trust? We've all had experiences, hopefully, as uh, children or seen children that simply trust. They're not asking any questions. Where's this? If I go out the door and around the corner, where's that going? Because the person that is leading them, they are giving their trust to them. They are submitting to them, and they take their hand, and they walk. Remember Colin's 
example of squeezing the, the, the finger. We've got the shepherd's hand. We can trust him. We don't have to think it through. What are the implications of this? If he is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. The shepherd, my shepherd, mine calls me, calls you, calls mankind to fully avail and experience the reality of his leading to green pastures and quiet waters. Do not, do not settle for anything less. Ruth and the, the worship collective, can you come up, please? And would you all like to stand? So I have some questions for your response. Uh, and um, if you're comfortable, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be well away from you. If you'd like to respond to these questions and come to the front, if you're not comfortable and would like to respond to these uh, questions, maybe just take a step forward. We are body, soul, and spirit. And a, a bodily response to something can really help us in the totality of who we are make a, a better response. We're not trying to whip anything up or, or manipulate things. Um, so questions for your response. Are there deficiencies, inconsistencies, and disconnects in your relationship with Jesus that let the enemy rob, kill, and destroy, preventing you from embracing Jesus' invitation to life and life in all its fullness? Do you need a shift in your thinking and a renewing of your mind regarding your relationship with Jesus? And do you want a greater passion for life in all its fullness right now as you journey to Christ-likeness in maturity and ministry? If you can say yes to any of all those questions, please uh, come forward. Or if you're not comfortable with that, just step forward where you are. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.